Well, we mentioned we had a guy, a guy who can help us talk about what it's like to be a quarterback, to be in a situation where you're a starter, and then you get knocked down to be, if you go to being a, uh, a backup. Um, hey, and, and anybody who's been following the Alouettes for the past couple of seasons know exactly who this guy is. Former quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes, Tanner Marsh. Tanner, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, I always love joining you on the podcast. I know your football, and I love talking to you all and having some good debates and talk. I'm very excited to be back on well, we, we got well, it. Go ahead, Cliff. Go ahead, Cliff. I was going to say, you're, you know you're always welcome on the flight deck, so uh, we're extremely thrilled to have you joining us again. Well, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy the heck out of it, so I'm excited to be back. So we we got to talk about the thing about what's going on in in Alouette's land, and I know Cliff and I aren't too happy about it, but let's, let's at least at least set the scene here, Tanner. Um, being you know being a former player, former quarterback, starter, and and a backup, uh, came over through the right before the game started last week uh, on Thursday. Uh, basically, Johnny Menzel has a, a, a scrum with the press. And basically complains that uh, you know what I've been ready for two weeks. I'm ready to play. I'm wondering if the team is letting me, is is losing faith in me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to Cliff and myself, he just came off sound, sounding whiny. When it comes to a locker room tanner, when you hear a player who thinks of himself, I guess as what seemed to be sounding better than others, what does that do to a locker room right before? A game is about to kick off. Well, wait, I just want to clear up details. For so this is, he made this comment after he, he started his first game yep. through four picks, then played his second game, played average if, if you want to be nice, then missed a whole week of practice, correct? Because he was sick or had the flu or something was wrong with him. And then he came and complained, complained about not being the guy. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's pretty dead on. Man, um, so that, that blows my mind, but, you know, with the Montreal Alouettes, nothing really blows my mind anymore. Um, it's, you know, that's, that's tough on a team sometimes because, you know, as a guy that uh, you start a game, you're the leader of the team, you're rolling, and, and then you become the backup, you know, injury or someone else is playing better. Um, either way, you you got to accept that role and, and be that guy. If you're the back backup, you got to be the best backup. If you're the starter, you got to lead that team. And, you know, it's always been like the, the unsaid rule of the backup quarterback. No matter your situation, you always support the starting quarterback. And for, for him to kind of do that right before a game is just – I honestly, the only way I can explain it is it's the most Johnny Manziel thing you could possibly do. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, it's, uh, it, you know, I, I, I hear this type of stuff and, you know, it, it goes to because when Vernon Adams was getting got the start over Manziel, you know, after Manziel's in town for what, three days or whatever it is. And then you have, I'm sorry, you have the asshat fans chanting, we want Johnny, we want Johnny. And basically, you saw how Vernon reacted after that. You, I mean, yeah. I can imagine how any quarterback would imagine when you have basically Manziel doing something and shooting off your mouth when, you know, you're not the, you're the backup and not the starter. I can only imagine what it did to Pipkin because as we saw, Pipkin came out rusty. He came out tentative. 
it, it makes us wonder if something what he said that Manziel had said got you know got into the head of Pipkin and voila we saw what happened. I mean as as a player Tanner, how much I know there are facades there can be how how players talk in the media. But when it comes to a player hearing something, that type of thing, can it get into a head of a quarterback or any player right before a game? Well, you know, uh, it of course can. But I don't think it had any effect on his play. Because if uh, this was said, you know, before the game, he, he probably didn't see it till after the game. So, and honestly, when you're, when you're the starter and you've been preparing all week and you're about to start in a football game, your, your mind is focused on one thing and it's winning and plays and you're focused on your game plan you know you're not really focused on the backup quarterback and what he's got to say but you know it does have an effect you know because you know if you're playing knowing that you're kind of on a a thin line you know you you gotta you gotta you're held up to a different standard when you know the guy behind you is a big name guy he was brought into play he was you know he's he's a big name person who's supposed to be playing and he's not so, I mean, that, that does add pressure. I was in a similar situation when they brought in Troy Smith from Ohio State. And, you know, it, it is tough, but it's something that, you know, most quarterbacks that are competitive nature guys, and I'm sure Pippen is, is, is they, they take that as a challenge, okay. which I'm sure he did, and why he played so well in that first game. But, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, the guy, it's only his second game, and it's there's going to be – it's there's going to be ups and downs, especially for young guys. I mean, it's I don't think it affected him, but Manziel being there, especially missing a whole week of practice and then still being on the active roster, that's I mean that's 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 pretty crazy to me. No, I agree. And you know, Cliff and I were talking. We're talking to other fans while we're in the stadium. And again, the Asshat fans were doing the exact same thing when Port- when Pipkin was playing. I understand he was having a bad game. And they're doing the Johnny chant again, and, and to me, it's just like, shut up, let the let the dude try what he can do. But yeah, um, hearing that thing. The problem, the problem with Montreal is 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 oh, it's not the problem with Montreal, but what's an organization that you see all the successful teams do is they pick a guy and they say, this is my guy, this is who I'm riding with for the whole year. This is who I'm riding, the ups, the downs, every single thing. This is my guy. He's going to take us to Thomas Land, and he's going to lose us every game. But he's going to learn from everything he does. And the successful organizations, that's, that, that quarterback becomes their guy, or they move on the next year and they pick another guy. Right. For example, you know, I, I'm going to use Calgary, who is obviously the best team in the CFL. You know, they picked Bo Levi, and he didn't start off this superstar Bo Levi that we all know. He had his ups and downs, but now he's – one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best in the CFL, and it's going to go down as a top 10 to ever play in the league. So it's, 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 it's one of those things where you've got to ride with your guy or move on to the next one. You can't keep being like, okay, give him a chance. Okay, he, he struggled this one, but played, okay, this one now. You know, it can't be a carousel of quarterbacks and who's going to play good this week. Okay, now let's play that. You know, that, that's not a successful organization. It's not how you run a team. You look at Banzel's first start. He only drew a Tanner an extra two thousand people. It's funny to see with all the the hype that Manziel gets uh, got from the league, from TSN, uh, you know, from the team when he first arrived. That he's only good for two thousand extra people. I, I mean, it, it, he's mo- obviously he's more than just 
uh, he's just more, more than a promotion, but the, the way that the team went about it, that's that's basically what it seemed like. It you'd think yeah. you'd think that he would have drawn more than two thousand people, but you know, I guess the next gauge will be for the next if he does start the next home game uh, on the thirtieth versus Saskatchewan to see what 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 he draws, but. I, I would think that you would need to base it off of talent and not necessarily of how well somebody can draw. Well, you know, you know what brings in more than 2,000 people? Winning. Yeah. That's what brings in people. There's no secret formula to it. Win. Have a winning team. You will bring – fans will come see good football. At the end of the day, that, that's it. You put a good team out there that has great chemistry, that works good together, that wins games and is productive, that brings in people. And it gets rid of those fans that, that boo and ask for Manziel after one bad throw. And it brings in those true fans that, that Montreal is beautiful for. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's honestly what frustrates me more than anything. And, you know, I've gotten some people saying, oh, you're a hater. No, I'm not. I don't hate on anybody. What I, what I hate to see is the Montreal Alouettes not be successful because Montreal, I believe, is an amazing city. And it's an amazing football city when the team is doing well and it's winning. And it's, instead of trying to sell jerseys and sell seats, let's focus on winning, and then the rest will come. Tanner, I've been saying that for I don't know how long, because people always ask me too, like whenever I go on other podcasts, and and then say, what can the Alouettes do to get the fans back? What can the Alouettes do to become successful again? I'm like, I, I, you just exactly, you said exactly what I've been saying all along. You've got to win football games. That's what's going to draw fans to. in. That's what's going to sell tickets. That's what's going to sell merchandise. That's what's going to sell everything is just win. Win football games, and you said it, you couldn't have said it any better. The rest takes care of itself. And you know what was sad is I, when I went back to Montreal and I saw, watched the Johnny's first start, which was fun. It was awesome, but it, 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 it hurt my heart because I saw John Bowman, Chip Cox, and Study just the guys that you could feel their love for the team, freaking pushing for that extra yard, battling. And Bowman, you could literally – I would buy season tickets just to watch him play because he he's not the best player out there. He's for sure not the youngest. And he is out there bullying kids, pushing that extra yard. You could see him battling for every single play. And, and I can't say that for the rest of the team. And it's – that was the saddest thing watching that game is those guys that have been there for a long time know what it's like to win in Montreal, know the vibe in the city when they're winning, know how, you know, the, the, when the team wins, how well everything else goes, and, and them battling for those wins. And I can't say that for every other person on the team. Now, I don't know everyone else as good as I know those few guys, but still, are you, to me, there was a difference in their play than everybody else. And Bowman, on top of that, the beast that he is, is, is playing with a torn muscle. I mean, it's, it, it, in his arm, it, it's crazy. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I, it, you know, they you, you market right, you can win right, but you need to have the the locker room. You got to have the players. You got to have you got to have everything. So it's now, now Tanner. You, what what do you think when it comes to? I know we're getting away from Johnny for a second here, but when it comes to the change of whether it be a coach during the season or coming in with a new head coach. What's what? What does it like? Do, what does that do to the to the locker room? Can it do anything, or is it just a matter of getting used to what what his type of game that he wants you to play? Well, it just kind of matters. I mean, different you know head coaches bring in their own philosophy, and they 
every whole head coach, every team is is a reflection of the head coach, head coach, and in the culture that that coach brings in. So it it has a little bit of effect on the team, and then sometimes if you bring them in the middle of the season, or it it, it does have an impact on you. It kind of gives you a boost of morale, saying, okay, we got new something new. They're gonna change it up. I mean, it can go both ways, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the culture you have of the team. And that's, that's honestly what is the most important thing when it comes to bringing in a new head coach or a new OC or any type of coach that you, you know, bring in, especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. Yeah. Now, back back to the Manziel situation, what's happening now. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we Cliff and I hear that thing, and many fans hear what Johnny said over the phone uh, or, uh, to the media, and it's like, he comes off as being a prima donna that he's better than everybody. I, I'm sure everybody has their different opinions on what was, you know, what they heard in the actual interview to what was said in the newspaper, if it if it meshed or not. But for fans that hear that type of thing, and then Cliff, I'm sure you want to want to weigh in on this too, is that when I hear that type of stuff that he's talking about, and I know that we have good quarterbacks on the team because I think we have some on the active roster, and I think that's some amazing quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, and we can go far. But I hear the type of stuff for a guy who comes in who's, who basically, yes, he has a name, but right now he's just a name. Sure, he won a, a Heisman as a freshman. Yeah, so what? You come in and he, you, you basically you open your mouth, and I just want to tell him to shut his mouth and, and, you know, and know your role. You're a backup quarterback. Shut up. You're still getting paid. You need to earn your spot. If a guy is doing well, let him play. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. It's, uh, you know, my my thing with, with Manziel, and before I really kind of get into it, I do want to hear y'all's opinion because I, I, I feel like this will be fun. Yeah. Um, I just, something that just blows my mind is we're hyping this guy up where he's Johnny Manziel, a former Heisman winning quarterback. But at the end of the day, the, the guy hasn't played winning football since 2013, 2014. He hasn't played good football in 2013 or 14. One, because I saw him in person when I went up there. He looked out of shape. He doesn't look anything like he did when he was playing for the Browns, when he was at his peak level of competitiveness as a quarterback. And Johnny Manziel is known for his quickness, his, his making plays, making throws that after making a crazy play, he's not known for taking a three-step drop, first pitch, banging that post, or hitting that 18-yard comeback. He's known for making crazy throws over the middle and escaping, making great runs. And that's not who he is in. You can look at him. He, he, he looks out of shape. He, he doesn't look like he's this freak of an athlete that he was in college or even when he had a little bit of success in Cleveland. So it's, it, it blows my mind that ESN and all these, these programs can be like, Johnny Manziel's here, and then they show him, and he, he doesn't even look the part. He wears, a, he wears an Under Armour and doesn't even fill it out. Like he, it's just, and the thing is, is, I'm not hating on the guy. I've heard from in the organization of Montreal that he's an amazing guy, and his, his personality isn't what you think that the media has portrayed in the past. He, he's a great guy. But he's not the quarterback that won the Heisman. He's not this superstar. He's not the next Anthony Calvillo. He's, he's not this guy that is going to save the Montreal organization. That's not who he is right now. 
Cliff Owen. And now I love to hear what y'all have to say. I'm not going to get too deep into it now because I want to hear y'all have to say. I know, I know. Cliff, what was that going to I said, Cliff, I know you and I talked. Uh, what, what was your thought with the, currently with the whole Manziel thing? I mean, we know. But did, you won the Heisman, what, in 2012, correct? Uh, uh, 2013. Yeah, 2013. That was five years ago. That was a, that was, that's a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of football. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so Cliff, what, Cliff, Cliff, what, were your, what were your thoughts here, Cliff? Because I know you and I went well, off. You and I went off on Friday. <laughs> yeah, we we were pretty not. We were not impressed to, to say the least. <laughs> uh, Tanner, this is the one thought that's kind of creeping in my mind more than anything else. Is Johnny's made no bones about the fact that he's using the CFL as a stepping stone to get back to the NFL to revitalize his his football career, and I get that and I can appreciate that. But I'm just thinking, like, strictly from, like, a player's point of view, like, behind the scenes and all that stuff. To me, I'm thinking all 32 coaches in the National Football League, if they're hearing about some of these shenanigans that are going on in Montreal with Manziel, I'm pretty sure they're not even giving him a second look or even giving him a second thought. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Well, I don't, you know, I think in the NFL, the media thing is, it's more, they have people that can protect guys and be like, hey, no, no, don't, we're not saying that. You know, it's, it's a little different when it comes to that drama outside of football. They, they contain it more, if that makes sense. But I'll tell you one thing, people down south aren't looking at somebody that just threw four interceptions in the first half of their first CFL start. So you that Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got, too. And, again, I, I think... If Johnny were to really apply himself and really prove that he's serious about wanting to play football, maybe he could be something here. But that's the thing. Like this is the one thing that uh, like the talking heads on TSN keep talking about over and over again is the potential. The potential. Well, you said it yourself. The guy's been playing football for he won the Heisman like five six years ago, and what's he done since? Not a whole there's, lot. There's a point where you gotta. Potential loses you games. You know, there's a point where you gotta become that person. I, I agree. That, and we're still waiting for that. And people are buying into the hype solely because of the name, solely because of what he did all those years ago, or what he did on TMZ, or anything else that you just you know his name. But that's it. You just don't know the football player. And I'm starting to wonder if we ever truly will get to know the football player. And I think just to, to, to pin all of your hopes, put all your eggs in that one particular basket is just a recipe, for, a further recipe for disaster. And with the Montreal Alouettes right now, like, yeah, they were shaky to start throughout the year and very little has changed. But I mean, they, I felt like they had turned a corner when they had Pipkin in there and things were starting to slowly click. And then now we're back to back to square one, really, when it comes to Manziel. And I just don't see any end in sight because as far as I'm concerned, I think the team thinks that barring injury, that we got to stay with Manziel throughout the year. And I just can't, I just can't shake that feeling right now. Well, I mean, it's, it's still a point with the Alouettes. You, you just got to pick your guy, you know, pick someone that you want to roll with. You got to stick with him. And as much as I don't think it should be Manziel, because I think they have two, possibly three other quarterbacks on that roster that, not only I think can win them games right now, but have more potential. So it's, but either way, I support them picking whoever they want to pick and say, this is our guy, we're riding ups and downs, and this, this is who we're going to go with. Instead of playing this, okay, well, 
Oh, uh, he had a bad game. Okay, now let's give this guy a chance. No, let's, let's pick a guy and let's roll with him. Yeah, I agree. That, that's that's the only way that, that you know this guy's going to get uh, a quarterback's going to get enough confidence and get enough reps under his belt. You know, considering the whole thing that that what Manziel said, and I said this a couple of times, and I actually agreed with a couple of people. And this is some people from the media that I was talking to with, by the way, post game Tanner, and they basically said the same thing I did. It's like, no matter what, no matter the outcome of how uh, of how Pipkin did, even though it was a bad game, yes, considering what Manziel had said. We felt that no matter what, to put him in his place, yes, I know they're still paying him, but to, to basically to make a, an example is he should have been third string this week, in my opinion. I really think he should have been third string. It's just like, listen, you should know what to say, support your team, you, you will get your shot. Yes, you're still getting paid. Again, as I said before, just shut up, Johnny, know your role, and you know what? Learn, because this is a, this is a new game. You have guys who have a lot more experience. It may not be more, but they have a lot more experience than you do, and you have some stuff to learn. Yeah, I agree. You got, it's one of those things where it, it is tough because this guy has all this hop around his name, but there's a point, you know, the thing that makes teams successful are is everyone buying into their role. And, um, you know, that, that's something that's, that's, that's critical to be successful. So, uh and it doesn't seem like he's doing that very well. And like I said, I agree. I don't think you – know, I, I mean, I think if I'm Alouette and I'm sitting here saying, you know what, I need to give some people, somebody a chance. I got to give these guys an opportunity to play. I mean, I like Pipkin. Yeah, he struggled last game. He does turn the ball over a little bit. But, I mean, he shows promise. He's young. And you know what, I'm, I'm still a true believer in Vernon Adams. I think he has a ton of potential and, and did a great job when I saw him play last. I know he's come back from injury, but I'm also a fan of Schultz. I think the guy came in with a Calgary team that is obviously pretty dang good and, and held his own. He turned the ball over, but he, he still made some throws that you look at and you say, man, that's a mature throw. And that's just something I haven't seen from Manziel yet. And I get Schultz had another year in the CFL, but it's, it's, it's still just frustrating watching it because I had to go through it when I played, and it's, it's something that I feel like is, is only in Montreal. You know, you, you only see stuff like this that happens in Montreal, and it kind of shows you, you know, Montreal's ended in the bottom of the league the past three years, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's, you know, when are you going to learn from your lessons, you know, when are you gonna learn? It's, it's frustrating. I can only imagine how frustrating you guys are in Montreal and stressing out over the um, the situation there. I can only imagine. Right, you get con- you well, get uh, you get no continuity at all. I mean, and just just the amount of I mean, the Owls the most points the Owls have scored this year I think is twenty four points. You're not going to win very many games just by scoring twenty four points in the CFL. Yeah, no way. It's it's funny that you mentioned consistency and uh, things that were. That happened in the past. One of the points we brought up uh, just as the show was getting underway was I talked about how insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results each time. It's kind of funny. I seem to recall a young quarterback uh, for the Alouettes who played pretty well and was then replaced by a former Heisman winner that uh, didn't quite pan out. So I I, I guess if nothing else, the Alouettes are consistent in some of their decisions. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going back here. 
I'm going back. I'm looking at the you're you're talking about how you know in and outs with quarterbacks stuff like that. Back in 2015, uh, when you had your last start versus BC, and, and you know you were basically the you were the double stuff to uh, to a Raheem Cato and, and uh, Jonathan Crompton sandwich, where basically you know it was three starting quarterbacks in three weeks. Do you remember that situation, Tanner, when it came to you starting the first that one week versus BC, and then? Jonathan Crompton coming coming in and uh, and uh, and getting the start the next week. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. I remember that whole year, and uh, I do have a lot of regrets to that year with that organization. But um, yeah, you know it's tough because that was a it was an interesting year because Crompton, I got Crompton and me were balanced for that starting position. Um, during camp, I ended up uh, getting injured. So I started the season on the six-game injured list. So uh, Crompton got injured the first game, then Dan LaFever came in and got injured, and then Bridge came in and played all right. And then that's when they gave the next start to Cato, and that's kind of when that whole Cato thing started off. And um, I literally, what's crazy about that whole situation is I came back off an injury, and all I was supposed to do was hold field goals and do the short yardage th- um, thing because my knee was still not 100%, but it just I, I wasn't comfortable yet on it. You know, I'm, I was one of those quarterbacks that would throw, but I also used my feet a lot to help me uh, be successful. And I, and I wasn't 100% comfortable with running, and I ended up getting thrown into a game versus Hamilton and ended up playing okay. And then the next game started, and it was just, it was just a, a crazy situation because we were, we were looking for wins, really needed them. Uh, Jim Pop came in as the coach, and it was just kind of we really need wins, and it was a, it was a, uh, almost like a high alert locker room because people were coming in and out, in and out, getting cut left and right, and it was just it was a hectic time. And um, stuff like that, that's where, you know, being consistent and – the, having that connection with the team, that's when it starts kind of getting, you know, rumbled around a little bit and it starts affecting the team a little bit. So it is tough, but, um, you know, it is part of the game. But like I said, it's one of those things where that's another year where you got to say, okay, I'm going with this guy, that's my guy, and we're rolling with the ups and downs. Yeah. You know, so, and that's, that's, a, that's another perfect situation because the last time the Alouettes had a winning season, was in 2014 when uh, Crompton was starting, and then I would come in. We'd rotate around. We'd we'd, we'd have different packages, it was, and it was great. And and the thing that made us successful is because that's who we were. You know, Crompton did a great job of playing Jonathan Crompton football. He wasn't going to blow you away with a 300, 350 yard, 400 yard game, but he was going to consistently beat you with doing what he had to do. And I would get thrown in there every once in a while, and I would do what I had to do. Everyone knew their role, and we all accepted that role and, and did it the best we could. And we ended up playing some great football. So and that's, that's, that's what made us a winning team. Yeah. And that was the last time we won is when they said, hey, these are the guys we're going with. This is who we're sticking with. And that was the year we came back from 1-7. and seven. So it's, uh, I think there is a winning recipe, and it, it's, uh, it's almost like – Montreal saw it and then kind of backed away from it, you know? No, I get I, I completely get it. I completely get it. 
as a as a player, Tanner, how, how does it really hurt a, a team's uh, psyche or a player's psyche with uh, with so much in and out going when it comes to players coming in, into the team and out out of the team? Well, you know, it it does when it's also my experience in Montreal was obviously a little different because Montreal is known for bringing in guys that aren't necessarily the best players, but but have a little fame with them, you know, have a little backstory with them. So people go, Oh man, did you hear who the Montreal was just like, let's go see it. You know, that's kind of like the Montreal West thing to do. So I I experienced a ton of that. And just when you're in a locker room and you're talking to one guy and they're talking, they're telling you about their family and about what they're going to do over the bye week in a few weeks. Um, they're getting there at six o'clock in the morning with you before anybody else. And then they're leaving late. They're dedicated to the team. They're doing everything they can help the team. And then they get cut out of nowhere to bring somebody because they have a big name behind them. Yeah. That, that has an impact on it. And that's something that, you know, the fans and you know everyone out outside doesn't necessarily see because those people that you might not know that are getting cut and then bringing in this guy and they can't, that, that, you know, those guys that have been there for a while and in the locker room seeing that, it, it does take a toll. And it, it, it kind of makes you realize that it is a business, but at the same time, you know, your goal is to win games. Because at the end of the day, if you win games, everyone makes more money. And when you, when you mess with the, you know, team chemistry by cutting this guy, bringing in this guy, cutting this guy, you know, that, that has a huge impact on the locker room. Yeah. It's tough. I can, yeah, I can imagine. Cliff, anything? Man, I, I mean, so this, this Friday, it's going to be Menzel getting the start, whether we think he deserves it or not, or whether the world thinks he deserves it or not. It's Johnny Menzel time in Winnipeg. Uh, what personally are you, are you expecting to see Tanner? I mean, provided you're going to watch the game, but uh, <laughs> yeah. what 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 are we going to what are we going to see? If just based on well, what I, you've seen I and want, what you've heard, what, I what, what, want Manziel to be good. I want him to do good for for himself. I mean, he's a Texas quarterback. Maybe I got to support him. <laughs> I, I don't have anything against him. I want him to do well, but. You, you, you got to put your, yourself in a situation to do well. You can't miss practice all week and then complain that you're not starting. Like seriously, that's that's I've never heard of that in my life, especially in professional sports. And if, I hope he does well. I want him to do well. He has played some very good football in the past, and I hope that comes out for him and for Montreal because I have I know a ton of people on that team still that want to win. So I hope he does well, but I know Winnipeg's a tough place to play in, and it's it's going to be a tough game for him. It is. It's going to be tough. I hope he's just practicing this week. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think. I think one thing I'm worried about is the rust. I think what the you know the Alouettes can't just necessarily go on. Oh well, you know Winnipeg's coming off of a bye, and they're uh, they're basically 500 coming off the bye over the last six or something like that. But yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I we, it, you know. Okay, let me let me do, let's, let's say. Do you this. think they keep him in the whole, whole game, or do they rotate Pipkin in maybe, or do you think it's Manziel the whole game? Sherman, I think from what we've seen this year, Tanner is that Pipkin uh, is that whoever is the starter, unless he gets hurt, the starter is going to stay in there. So it'll be Manziel the entire game. Yeah, 
I, 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 that's good. I, I do like that. Yeah, I, I don't have any. I don't. I, no question. I, you know, I have no second thoughts about that. I think I know. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But I think what the question is that we in for consistency. You know, uh, I let's say if Mansell has a, another game that he had versus Hamilton, uh, which would basically be the exact same type of game that Pipkin had last week um, versus BC. Um, do you think? Do you do you see the the uh, you know uh, the prognosticators and the media treating him the exact same way as they did versus Pipkin, or is or is it going to be oh this is Johnny Football ah he'll bounce back? Right. Now you know what I really wish is I wish Pipkin would do an interview before the game <laughs> and say hey I think I should be starting this game this is bullcrap I wish he'd say that <laughs> that would be hey. nice but it's uh. I mean, Pipkin he's, uh, shows he's a pro. Pipkin shows he's a pro, and you and I both know we won't do that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he won't. He's, he's, you know, it's he's not. The thing is that's sad is he's not in the same situation as Manuel is. So he, he can't necessarily say that. He yeah, honestly, which is even more sad to say, he's probably not going to get interviewed before the game. <laughs> no, no. You know, so it's 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 tough. It, it's a tough situation to be in, and it's. You know, as a guy outside looking into that and in pitching shoes before, it is extremely tough. And um, what's even more sad that's going to be tough, what, what do you guys think that they're going to do if Manziel has a very similar game to what Pitkin had last week? Oh, I think Manziel is going to be given every benefit of the doubt. Uh, they're going to give him the kind of treatment they should have been giving to, well, pretty much anyone who's been quarterback this year. Is There's been no consistency really truly at the quarterbacking position. But... Because Manziel's the star, because he sells tickets, allegedly, and sells jerseys, uh, I think he's going to be given every opportunity to play, whether he plays awesome or whether he plays terrible. And I think the only reason you're going to see another quarterback playing for the Alouettes in for the rest of the season is if Manziel gets hurt. That's my personal opinion. Well, do you think... Now, here's another question. Now, do you think how much he's getting paid has an effect in that also? Because... I, I I I know he's getting paid over two hundred grand, so it's I think that has to have a factor also. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but pretty sure he's getting paid a lot more than a lot of guys in that team. And if you're paying somebody that much in the CFL, you, that that's that's your guy. You know, it don't matter if he throws four picks in the first half or throws ten passing yards in the first half. That, that that's your guy. You devoted a good amount of change on him in the salary cap. And he, it's that's your guy, and I think that's what they're going to have to do is stick with him, you know. Yeah, no, you, it makes sense because I mean, you, you go and you buy a Lamborghini, you want to drive it. You don't just buy it to, just to sit in the driveway. You want to actually take it out on the road. My only problem but, is, but, you put, but you if, put, if that Lamborghini doesn't go as fast as you thought it would, <laughs> are you still going to drive it? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that. What if you just put regular gas in it, which is what's you know, oh, a criminal act, gas. as far as I'm Are you concerned? Nuts, man. What are you talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> that's what Manzel is right now. He's a Lamborghini that someone put regular gas in. Oh gosh, that's a great comparison. That actually is pretty good. I, I, I actually, I'm gonna, I agree with Cliff too, Tanner. I, you know, I think no matter what, until if Manzel gets hurt again, he will be the starter for the rest of the season. And you know, obviously, there's a year left on his contract with the with the Alouettes. Um, yes, it would it would equal more consistency. We would hope that he would score some more points because so far he's not. 
There is a huge difference, though, between when he was starting before and now. Is the defense is playing, I think, a hell of a lot better. I think they've been playing the best that they have all season. So if they can make sure that they're all, if Manziel can just get those drives going, long drives, keep the defense off, you know, very similar to what they did versus versus Ottawa. If they can control the clock, as long as they can score points, you know, whether it be through the air or whether it be on the ground, because if the Owls can do a, a combination between of Manziel and whoever is starting at running back, it'll be stand back this week until Suddy gets back. So get back to what Alouette's football used to be. Back to when Tanner Marsh was playing. Back to when, you know, AC was playing. You know, back to when Tracy Ham was playing. That was Alouette's football. Right now, this is this is just a this is what we're seeing over the past three years is just a it's just it really it's just a, a shadow of, of its former self. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. It it is, but you know, I I think it's to the point where something that that I did have the opportunity to be a part of was when Troy Smith was was playing his best. Is is our OC did a great job of you know, cutting down the playbook a little bit and saying, look, we know you're a freak of an athlete. We know you have a cannon of an arm, and we're going to play to those strengths. We're going to put you on the run a little bit. We're going to move the pocket. We're going to do a little more uh, zone reads, a few more RPOs, stuff like that, and, and, but, but simple it down. Instead of having going to a game with, you know, 200 plays, now you're going in with uh, 100 plays or 125, 150, but – but they're they're very they're all similar variations of the same play not mm-hmm. the same play but but similar plays they're easy to go through instead of being like okay if uh, the filled halfback is here and the safety's in the middle that eliminating all that and saying okay you're going right here if this guy's here you're going bang 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 if the filled corner's here you're going bang bang and it, keep it simple keep it zone reads. Johnny Manziel is amazing at zone reads. That's what he's good at. Let him let him do that. Let him beat Johnny Manziel. Get out on the edge a little bit. Run some RPOs. Get it out of his hand quick. Let him get some easy completion. And I think he will be successful. I, I don't think he'll have a problem with that. It's when you make him, okay, take a five-step drop. Now, that safety that you're supposed to read right there was in the middle of the field, but once you started waggling everybody, he took off to the field and Johnny doesn't have a clue what that coverage is. You know, you know, and, and that's not dug on him. That's just something that comes with experience right. and playing and practicing. And and that's keep it simple. And I think he'll be a lot better. And, 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 I, and I, I want him to be successful. If he gets in a group, I think he could be a great quarterback and so fun to watch. But I just haven't seen it yet. I think he looks out of shape and he's just not the Manziel that everyone wants him to be. Yeah. I think a work in progress, but the thing is, too, it's it's the Owls do have the wide receivers in order to back him up. So, I mean, they got some great wide receivers on this team. So it's, it, it you know, the, the playbook has to equal what what his strengths. And if it means a, a few running plays, sure, go ahead and put those in. But, you know, it's the future is now, Tanner. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, it is for sure. And I don't, I mean, I think if you want my personal opinion, I think I haven't seen much of Pipkin, so no offense to him, but I think the future is Vernon Adams. He's, he, he has showed so much promise. And the thing I love is with the whole, with the whole Manziel situation, 
he has shown so much maturity, and it's and, and that's kind of the thing that I felt like held him back a little bit is not being mature. And he has showed how much he has grown yeah. as a quarterback and as a man. And I'm 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 excited to see him. I hope I hope he gets to play again this season because I I didn't think he played bad. I think he missed a few throws that he normally would make when he played. But that just comes with experience. You've got to get those game reps. The only way you grow as a quarterback is getting those game reps. That's true. That's true. I think I think what it is, you know, we, we talked in post-game a few times. He's very professional. He's waiting for his shot. You know, and, and I think what a lot of people forget is that we all, you know, the Alouettes gave up a first-round draft pick for Adams originally yeah. when we got him. And we were lucky enough to get him back uh, via free agency. So it's... As you said, yeah, no, as, it, I, yeah, as you said, there are we have quite a few young quarterbacks on this team that can make this team great. And let's not forget, he is young. Vernon Adams is about the same age as Johnny Manziel. He's in his mid twenties. I mean, there's still a lot of football left in his body. Yeah. No, and I and it's it's and he's been playing football. Manziel set out a year. It's just it's, I don't I don't know. My my thing is if I'm going to invest money in something. I'm going to calculate the risk. I'm going to look at, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it looks good, sounds good, but it's a play good. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks good on TV, sounds good. Hey, Menzo moves to LOS, he plans to start, sounds good, but it's a play good. Does it win good? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the thing that, you know, the CFL is amazing because it's the Canadian Football League. And it's the the country of Canada has amazing football fans that love the CFL. So don't don't try to cater towards us Southern people. Stick with trying to cater for your Canadian fans and win games. You see the teams that have the most attendance. That's exactly what they do. They don't they don't sign any big former names. They don't sign any. They win games. That's what they do. Yeah. And it's it's something that. You know, I feel like the Eastern teams almost kind of have to learn. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Hey, I said it better myself. Yeah. Before we let you go, Tanner, we had to ask. We, it's been a while since we had you on the pod. You know, the last time I, we, we had you on was for that, uh, at, uh, our first season. for our, It was an off-season special. We had you chatting. Um, yeah. Bring bring the fans up to date. What what are you currently doing, uh, doing right now in uh, the great old state of Texas? Well, I am currently sitting outside enjoying the warm weather <laughs> on my porch but um, um i am you know i'm down here i run football camps uh, i train quarterbacks um uh, i coach um I, I go back and forth between montreal and here to coach quarterbacks and then i uh, started uh, my own company um, i'm just down here you know enjoying life being you know post football life is nice you know, you don't have to deal with the stresses of the Montreal. <laughs> it's very relieving. I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, now we, we, we talk about, you know, we've seen all these, these different leagues coming up and stuff like that. Uh, yep. is, would we happen to see possibility of seeing Tanner Marsh as a, as a quarterback for maybe in the, in the Alliance or in the XFL anytime soon, or is your, is your football career done? Well, you know, I, I still I, I still throw a lot, and I still, you know, I'm in shape enough, and I have had opportunities to continue my career, but it it got to be the right opportunity. And uh, I have been reached out by the Alliance League 
which I would absolutely love to give that a chance. So hopefully that pans out. But if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. You know, I'm I'm living my good life, but football is always going to be my first love. So if I get another opportunity in a a good situation, I would be more than happy to play some more football. Mm -hmm. How about coaching? Is that something that I know you did a little bit of that last year and uh, even uh, what helped win a championship? Uh, is that something that you'd like to pursue a little bit further if the opportunity came along? Oh, well, actually, I coached college football last year and we actually in Division Two down here, which is a great football. Um, it's so far NCAA and everything. They're smaller schools and we won the national championship, which is a huge deal. And um, I had a great time. The quarterback I was working with actually won the Harlan Hill, which is the Heisman of Division Two, and he is currently signed and on the practice roster of the Los Angeles Rams. So it was great working with him. I enjoyed the heck out of it. But um, as much as I love football, coaching just it it it, it you wake up at six a.m. and then you don't go to bed until midnight. So it's one of those things where it it takes a lot of time. And currently. After spending the last two years playing professionally, I'm, I'm ready to just take a step back and enjoy life, enjoy my beautiful Canadian girlfriend, and um, see what else life has to offer in, uh, other than football. Yeah. Oh, we, you know, we talk we, about football, you know? Yeah. No, we, we talk we, about Manziel. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tanner, you, you know, we always appreciate your time. We love talking football with you. Um, if, if anybody wanted to happen to follow you on social media, uh, how can they do that? Um, they go on my Twitter, which is Marsh Madness 16, I believe. Let me double check that. Um, it okay. is. Um, it or is. you can follow me on Instagram, Marsh Madness 6. My Twitter is Marsh Madness 16. So just basically call Marsh Madness and you can find me. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, it's it's uh, it is a pleasure to have you on, Tanner. You're always welcome to join us. Uh, you know, just you know, shoot us a shoot one of us a text message or something over on social, and uh, by all means, man, you're 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 always welcome to join us on, on the pod. Uh, it's it's always great to hear the the insight of a of a, a an Alouette's alum, and obviously a, of a, a guy who played quarterback in in the in the pros. Well, you know what, man, I love talking to you guys. I've, I've had my fair share of different podcasts, and you guys are by far my favorite. Um, you guys know your football. You guys do your research. You know, you, you make sure you – know, you know what you guys are talking about, and you guys do a great job. And I absolutely love talking football with you all. So um, anytime, I'd love to come on the podcast.